Welcome to Speaking of Beauty, a podcast from Cosmetics Design, where we feature meaningful conversations with experts, insiders, and entrepreneurs about the business of personal care, cosmetics, and fragrance. I'm your host, Deanna Utrusky, editor of CosmeticsDesign.com. And I'm Greg Mays, Director of Product Management for Packaging at Nina. Greg, thanks so much for joining me today on Speaking of Beauty. Absolutely. Glad to be with you. Excellent. So since you're with a, a paper packaging company, as it were, we're going to talk a lot about paper packaging. I'm hoping you can get the audience acquainted with Nina if they don't already know the company. Sure. I mean, Nina is a well-established paper manufacturer for over a century. We started in the commercial print world and still are heavily focused in commercial print. So print collateral that you see every day that features color and texture that is very likely a Nina product. However, you know, over the last decade or so, packaging has become more and more of a key role that Nina finds solutions for our customers. When it comes to on-shelf appearance and tactile kind of elements of packaging, those are very important key features for, you know, attraction of the consumer. So that's what Nina does really, really well. We do colors, we do textures, we do custom, we do everything at, that a brand manager would want in hopefully their packaging solution. Yeah. Talk about the scope of, of your clientele. It's a pretty broad scope, really. We get involved in a lot of, uh, in our integral in a lot of different verticals, wine and spirits. Uh, Nina has, you know, about 70% of the uncoded wine label business. So we do a lot of labels uh -huh. um, in terms of the spirits industry. We do boxes for the spirits industry. So a lot of the special custom boxes that you see on shelf of your favorite spirit is very likely a Nina type of a product. So we get involved in, again, wine and spirits, uh, craft brews. We get involved in, as you mentioned, beauty uh, and wellness type of application, cosmetics. We do get involved in some food, but it's at this point in time, it's secondary packaging. We do not at, at current have FDA approved packaging for food contact. So that's something that we're very interested in and our and our customers are interested in uh, looking to Nina for a solution for those as well. I'm glad we covered all that because I think Nina is then able to work more creatively, right? With beauty brands looking for packaging because you're serving other industries. There's more of an opportunity for, I don't want to say technology transfer. Maybe I want to say creativity transfer, right? From some of these other verticals that you work in to the beauty and cosmetic space. Does that sound right? Yeah, no, I think absolutely. I think anytime you can bring elements of success that you've had in different verticals, different product categories, it, it just helps in the creative process and the sharing. We'd like to think of the projects we get involved in are, are truly partnership yeah. type of projects. So again, because there is so much customization, desire in packaging, you know, that knowledge, the, a broader knowledge is, is always a key element, I think, in the development process and, and bringing the best solution to the forefront for the customer. Excellent. That makes good sense. So I want to chat more carefully about what's going on in paper packaging in the beauty space. Obviously, it's been quite a curious year that we've lived through recently. I wonder if you can just kind of look back over the past several months and talk about what you've seen changing in beauty paper packaging or what's been most in demand. 
this has been a very difficult and trying, you know, 15 months plus, you know, I think that the beauty category has maybe been hit a little bit harder than other verticals that we work in, you know, with people staying at home, there, there isn't the necessity for a lot of beauty products. So, you know, one of the trends though that we have seen is everything is more sustainable Mm-hmm. you know, the desire, and I, and I hate to call it a trend because it, it's really, I think, uh, choices that brand owners and consumers alike are making, you know, they want to support brands that have an eye towards sustainability and, and nature and environment. So that has been something that has, I think, escalated during this time. I've seen the same thing. We've mentioned that in several pieces on cosmetics design, and I think folks across the industry are seeing that, and I'm sure beyond beauty as well, that sustainability is much more front and center in the consumer's mind than it even was a year and a half ago now. I'm glad you mentioned that. And one of the questions I think that comes up around sustainable beauty packaging has a lot to do with materials. So I'm hoping you can talk a little bit about how you source materials for your paper packaging products and what the production looks like there. We feel that uh, wood-based products is the most reliable, um, you know, renewable resource that we have. A lot of the efforts that we've seen by brands is, is, is looking towards plastic alternatives and things like that. So, you know, we source all of our fiber through FSC or Forest Stewardship Council facilities. It's regulated very, very strictly. Um, we also now utilize probably more post-consumer content in all of our products and make those very available to the different brands. We can recirculate, if you will, those, you know, even those well-regulated fiber additives that we use in our products even more so. You know, we're trying to do that. We're looking for alternative fibers as well, things like even cotton, hemp, and alternative fibers like that, that are again, very environmentally friendly, that are normally maybe landfilled in terms of especially the, the hemp uh, waste products. So we can take the waste of, of certain product and kind of utilize it and repurpose it for packaging. We often talk about ingredient story in the cosmetics and personal care space, but there's very much a material story here in what you're describing if we're thinking about sustainable beauty packaging as well. So remind me where Nina is based and, and where you're manufacturing the papers. Well, we've got multiple locations um, here in the United States as mm-hmm. well as abroad. Our main manufacturing facilities are in the Midwest, in Michigan and Wisconsin, and we have some facilities in the Northeast uh, as well. Excellent. We spoke earlier about some of the shifts you've seen in the beauty space, and more and more beauty is intersecting with wellness, as it were, and and gets into supplements and ingestibles too. Uh, You said you're not doing primary packaging for food. I wonder if you're having any customers request packaging for supplements that sort of fit into the beauty space at this point. Oh, absolutely. We've got current customers, you know, kind of in the cannabis and the CBD kind of world. We actually introduced in late 2019, a folding board product that has hemp inclusions in it as well. Yeah. Um, I think Brands like that, you know, they're, they're looking for natural type of, uh, of product. So mm-hmm. whether they contain hemp 
uh, or, or not. I think they're looking for natural type of, of products that are recyclable, that are repulpable and, you know, industrial compostable as well, which a lot of our folding board products are industrial compostable. We try to combine all those aspects and really give the brand owner a lot of different solutions that they can choose from. Yeah, great. So I want to think maybe a little bit more in detail about some of those solutions, because as you mentioned already, uh, one of the things Nina is quite well known for is the tactile aspect of your papers, the texture, the color, and some of the design attributes, I would say, that really help showcase the brand and communicate brand story in a tangible way, but also in a very compelling visual way. Can you talk maybe about some of the different finishes that are available in Nina paper? And then also, I'd love to hear about how a new customer might start working with you. Uh, Your first question was around texture and color. As I mentioned at the start, that's what Nina's done for the last century or, mm-hmm. or more. There almost is no limit to the colors that we can provide to a brand owner. Certainly we have many standard colors that are available in you know, really small quantities from your bright whites to your, your whites that contain 100% post-consumer content to naturals, to craft colors, to, to grays, colors like concrete and wrought iron grocer craft and, and then all the way to deep black. Yeah. Are, so, you, are you seeing more of a demand for some of the post-consumer recycled? It, it is a different color, isn't it? Is there more of an interest in that sort of look? Absolutely. When you're trying to stand out on shelf and you're trying to portray a kind of a brand image, if you will, if yeah. it's a natural, holistic type of an image, I think you want your packaging to reflect that. So to be able to offer kind of more natural looking substrate, paper product, a folding board product specifically, you know, to package that in, I think it makes all the sense in the world, you know, whether it be a kind of a craft color or a natural, something like that, it makes a lot of sense from a brand perspective. And I think the packaging goes a long way to setting the tone for that brand image that you want on shelf. Yeah, absolutely. I'll let you go ahead now and, and tell us about the design process and how you do collaborate with customers. As you say, it's it's a it's a very collaborative process. We have a uh, we have our own design center at Nina where we have on staff designers, so we can provide prototypes. We can brainstorm with the brand owner on different ideas. Obviously, you mentioned earlier because we are involved in a lot of different verticals, we can bring ideas maybe that we have done for for one vertical like a spirits or wine, and we can bring it to to beauty and wellness. That's what Nina does really well. I think one of the expanded resources that we provided over the last couple of years that has really provided a lot of value to, to the brand owners is our prototyping. You know, it's one thing to try to visualize or to brainstorm what your product may look like on one of you know, one of the solutions that we can provide, but when we can provide you a, a prototype that you can actually touch and feel and you can share with the decision makers, I think it makes all the difference in the world. I would love to hear you talk uh, more specifically about different printing technologies. We have literally over a hundred type of embossing textures that we can make available to customers, whether it be on a folding board or a box wrap, so it all starts with a collaborative process, sharing what our capabilities are, 
what their end desire is, you know, how do they want to stand out on shelf? It all starts there. We also have print techniques that we can add to the texture. It really is a customized type of approach that we take mm -hmm. with the brand owners and trying to just make it make them aware of what we can do, what mm -hmm. we can produce, uh, and get an idea from them how they want to stand on on shelf. How can the packaging help portray that brand identity that they're that they're trying so desperately to to share with their customer? You're mentioning stand out on the shelf, but I think more and more, especially as we see direct to consumer beauty pick up. There is something to that experience of receiving it, right? And, and having that, that experience with the package because there is a real tactile quality to so many of the materials that Nina makes as well. That's one of the challenges I think the brand owners are facing now. A lot of, a lot of consumers not going to brick and mortar locations where you, know, you have the traditional shelf, so to speak, to stand out on. You, know, you still want to give that customer that, you call it the unboxing moment or mm -hmm. or that feeling of they got something really special in their hands. So, you know, whether it's being delivered to the doorstep or on shelf, you still want that unboxing moment. You want that brand to really resonate with the consumer so that they can continue to, you know, to frequent that brand. Earlier, you did mention minimum order quantities. Can you talk about the size and scale of a project you would take on? And then what's the time to develop something? So we have off-the-shelf solutions that's in stock, ready to go in very small quantities. We're talking, you know, a couple hundred sheets quantity. So it's really from the very smallest boutique brand startup, uh, mom and pop type of, of a package we can provide a solution for up to, you know, the really big brands that are national or global in scope, depending on the complexity and what the brand is, is looking for. Development could be anywhere from, you know, weeks to months, quite honestly. We, we have clients that, you know, we've been working on, you know, um, different types of experimental type of packaging solutions for, you know, upwards of, of 12 months or more. Yeah. Just depending on, you know, the amount of development and we've taken samples of, hey, we want it to look like this rock. It's getting into our, you know, we have proto labs, we have a design center where we can make prototypes, but we also have a proto lab that can actually provide any kind of look or assimilation to, to nature, whether it be a rock or a plank of wood or or whatever that client is wanting that package to look like, we can replicate that in our labs. Yeah, and I, th I think that, you know, the best way to approach it is, again, for the brand owner to reach out to whoever they're, whoever they re rely on from their, you know, from paper selections. Certainly, we have our own representatives throughout the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Some of your listeners may, may know who those Nina representatives are. But they all know someone, whether it be a, a converter or a printer um, or somebody like that, that has contact with their local paper person. Starts at the, at the grassroots level. And then we, we engage in conversations, find out the scope. And then we, we start the innovation sessions with our design team um, as needed. And we, we, we kind of work it from there. I'm glad you mentioned different Nina representatives because I'm sitting here thinking of how ironic it really is, right? To have a conversation about something that is so tactile and visual. How are you getting this into new customers' hands in the digital world? 
Yeah, we have all kinds of portfolio samples that we can send. They've just got a baseline interest level and hey, that sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. I'd like to I'd like to see a little bit more. Maybe I don't want to go all the way to talking to somebody, but I just want to I just want to kind of look at it. So we've got portfolio samples we can send out. And then again, if their desire is to talk to a NENA representative. Like I said, we have representatives all over the country that have expertise in packaging. We can engage that customer with to do a little brainstorming and maybe maybe we can provide a solution or maybe we can't. But I, I think it, it's always good to have that initial conversation, scope it out to see if we can provide the solution that they're looking for and then move on to that next step if there is a next step. I'm just wondering, is Nina ready to go to various trade shows? I believe things like LuxPack in New York will be running this year. Is that a place customers can expect to find you? We've historically always participated in LuxPack and different industry events in the commercial print and the packaging and then the, the large format sector. We've obviously paused and we're currently evaluating. So we're ready if we feel that the consumer and the public is ready, we would plan on being present because uh, we feel it's it's necessary to be at those events. It's good to interact with customers, with brand owners, and have these conversations that we're having here, you know, on the podcast today to have it face-to-face is always best. I think you're doing what so many companies and, and individuals are doing. We've learned to make decisions really based much more in real time. So I appreciate your answering that. My last question is, is there anything else that you think the cosmetics design audience might like to know about Nina or what's coming next? We appreciate the opportunity to, to talk with you today. We've got so many things that we're experimenting with and we, we would love to engage in the conversations to find out what challenges the brand owners are having today. What solutions are they looking for that perhaps they feel that aren't available to them? We'd like to take cues from our customer base. We talked earlier about sustainability. That's kind of a, a buzzword that's out there. Um, but sustainability does mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Even having conversations around, you know, yes, we hear you want to be sustainable and we certainly run the gamut of sustainable options for you. But what do you really mean by sustainable? Where do you want to focus on that maybe Nina can help you with? Those are all conversations we, that we love having. Yeah, excellent. Well, I really appreciate your time getting us all acquainted with with Nina Paper. Thank you very much, Deanna. Uh, Nice talking to you. Speaking of Beauty is a production of CosmeticsDesign.com. Music by Kevin McLeod. My name is Deanna Utrusky. Thank you for listening. And please join me again next time on Speaking of Beauty.